Hello, this is Holly with Beyond Transcripts, and I wanted to take a moment just to tell you that we know everybody is in a state of concern right now about what's going on in the world. And a lot of people have lives that are suddenly changed overnight. Your kids are home, you're home, and it's all very scary. And we we feel that too, but we want to let you know that it's going to be okay And hopefully some of the things we're discussing today will ultimately be helpful. As everything has gone forward in the recent weeks, it's become clear how connected we all are to each other. Even as we social distance, it's important not to emotionally distance ourselves. So make sure to stay connected with your friends and family. And join us today for a little bit of distraction. Thank you. Welcome to the Beyond Transcripts podcast. I'm your host, Melody. And I'm your co-host, Holly. Today we're going to talk about what constitutes homeschool success. But Holly, what have you been up to since I last saw you? Well, uh, we're all in the throes of the coronavirus, of course. And so we have, uh, I think we have a little advantage because we've always homeschooled. And we, uh, my husband and I have been working from home for about two and a half, three years. So those things for us are still fairly normal, but we've been, uh, we saw kind of how things were going and we decided to stock up on some supplies before everyone rushed into the store. (laughs) Yes. Um, the most difficult part has been explaining to the seven year old why we can't get near people. So we went to the park yesterday because it's spring break for us. And we rode, he rode his bike and we walked the dog and walked the path. And everybody, when we came near people, you know, we all just moved out of each other's ways. (laughs) And that's really like very bizarre. So that's what we've been doing and trying to find ways to have fun here at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what about y'all? Well, we haven't changed our routine too much, but it has impacted. I work from home tutoring and I so have, um, that's impacted my clients. So everybody's staying away from each other. So we've suspended some of those tutoring sessions and um, we are not getting together as often with the children because most everybody has been out in public and we're just trying to keep each other safe. Yeah, it's it's hard to go from being social to being distant. Oh, and co-op was canceled, homeschool co-op was canceled mm-hmm. or suspended. Of course, everybody was already off for spring break, but now for the rest of the semester, everything's on hold. Yes. And um, I have a friend whose son is a senior, so they got graduated early and closed down the school. He was going to a private school. And so just so many changes. It wasn't... He wasn't quite ready to be a senior for another month or so. Right. So now all of a sudden he's a graduate and um, they're missing out on some of their parties and um, ceremonies. But right. overall, those things are, it's more important to keep everyone safe. It's more important. It definitely is. And I think we, one of the, there's always a, an upside to any bad things. So mm-hmm. we're looking for some of the positives like, we're getting to use our creativity a little bit more and we are 
I am actually yesterday we had so much more exercise than we normally did because my son and I did Xbox Dance Central together at home for about an hour. And then we took him out to the park and he rode his bike and he was so tired when he went to bed. (laughs) So um, I think that that will be good. And I think we're all going to find that we have skills we didn't use. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all going to learn new skills. For example, I bought um, some starter for making yogurt at home to make non-dairy yogurt. And so I'm really excited. I've made dairy yogurt before, but now I'm going to get my yogurt maker out and make some soy milk yogurt. And my son can help with that. And we're going to make some nan bread. And just, I think it'll be, it'll be an experience for a lot of people to go, maybe go back in time and learn skills that our grandparents knew. And um, I think we're going to become more resilient. I think so. And then everyone is at home, more time at home than they ordinarily have. So you're pulling out maybe games or books you hadn't read in a while. You're finding things to do at home. And we have a lot of resources at home, typically, that we don't use. That's true. They say that we all have uh, so many books in our house that we never read. We just pile up all these just books. Collect. Just collect the books. Yeah, so we made a yeah. stack of 20 books. Uh, my son does something called Wild Explorers Club, which it's an online club that you uh, sign up for and you get activities to do and they earn badges and the badges come to the house. And so, like actual um, physical badges? yeah, That's actual fun. physical badges. Yeah. So he's earned, um, like a bear badge and a fox badge and I don't know what all badges. He's got six that he earned. And, um, one of the badges he's working on now is the bison badge and it's all about reading. So we pulled up a, oh. 20 books and we're reading through the stack of books and he has to start a book club, which we can actually do a, a virtual book club with his friends. That's and true. I think it's so, there's so much technology to keep us connected, even mm-hmm. though we can't physically be around each other. Mm-hmm. Um, people are finding ways to use Google Hangouts or Zoom or uh, there's just so many platforms. There are. There that are. We can use. And then, of course, you know, Facebook, people are keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. But it is challenging um, and we are having to make some adjustments. That's that's true. Well, let's um, let's get into our topic a bit today. We're going to talk about homeschool success. Holly, what do you think homeschool success is? Well, I think that it covers a lot of different things. So if you think about when your child graduates, what do you call that? Uh, What was that a success? What do you determine that makes that a success is what I'm trying to say. But then also while you're in the middle of homeschooling, there are things that you are thinking about as if you're being successful in that. So I think it's kind of a two-pronged question, really. Um, you know, a, a typical day for me with a seven-year-old, if I get all the subjects covered, I feel that was a success. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, as you go on and you have students getting into the upper levels of school, then there are other things you look at to decide whether or not you're being successful. And then what do they do after homeschooling? And then you can look and say, was it ultimately successful? So I think there's, there's several barometers or several markers. I agree. What what do you think about? Well, I think when I, I, part of that goes back to what your goals for homeschooling are Mm -hmm. or what you, what you intended to gain from homeschooling in the first place. And I think that when we first started, when I was a young mom with young children, I just assumed that that education was going to take that traditional path, high school, college, get a degree, go get a job in your field. Um, didn't really th- think a lot about what it might, the way it could be different. 
But as we went along and we started pulling from their interests and what motivated the kids, it makes better sense if you're fascinated by mechanics to get a job in that field or if you're an animal person to go into something with animals or, you know, I have a daughter that drew all the time and now that's become a business with art as part of her business. So the, I think the measurements that I use for success were different now than when they were when I first started. It's definitely an evolving thing because I think we all get started. And even if we, we think it's not true, in the back of our mind, we're trying to make like one of those kids that goes to college at 12 yeah. <laughs> or they get an Ivy League uh, scholarship, you know, the things that our world uh, thinks is success. Right. But then when you're in the middle of it and maybe you see that you've achieved some small victory in an attitude issue that Mm -hmm. your child had or um, a behavioral issue or just if you have a child that is having delayed reading and you're working to help them. And then when they read that first sentence, those are other success points that you don't necessarily know are out there when you get started with that cute little kinder student. Sounding out the words letter by letter. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Exactly. So um, I was thinking, you know, talking about homeschool success and and, uh, in this current environment where so many people all of a sudden have their kids at home and they have things they have to teach them. Schools are sending work home or Mm -hmm. kids are getting online to have instruction. And um, I've seen people being frustrated uh, with how that's going. Right. I have too. And some of it comes from, it's a new routine. This is not their typical routine or they're not accustomed to being home all day together with everybody for everything. Yes. And um, it's that it's a learning curve. And they know for it's temporary. So how much of your normal routine are you going to change? And is it going to maybe become something more long term? Um, Some places are just going to take their summer break early. So now parents are looking at a longer term. Like their kids might not go to school till September now. Right. Right? Yes. Wow, that's a long summer. But it can still work. It's just a matter of figuring out what the priorities are. And if you have those younger ones, it's going to be those basic reading and writing and math. And then I think it might be more challenging for the kids in the older grades who are coming up on graduation, trying to hit all the marks to finish. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely challenging whether you plan to homeschool or homeschooling suddenly happens. Um, So I think it's important just to remember that you don't have to worry about finishing the books. No, you don't. Um, most public schools don't finish the books. In fact, I saw some homeschool, I mean, some public school teachers remarking on different uh, Facebook threads that don't worry because your kids have finished the bulk of what they were going to learn already. And I thought to myself, well, if they have two months left to go, what are they doing with them those last two months? So just reading to your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is homeschool parents or, or reluctant homeschoolers whose kids are home now because of the situation we're in. But, you know, reading a lot and playing games. Oh, my goodness. You can learn so much from playing games and just get them involved in your household chores. And those are all things I looked at as success when I was uh, homeschooling and raising my first five kids. And now with my seven year old. 
you know, I didn't want to unleash people on the world who had no basic skills and homeschooling because your kids are home all day. That gives you a really good opportunity to teach them all those skills that they're going to use from the first day of their adult life until the last. I mean, exactly. Well, having a good work ethic is so important and being a self-starter. And do you know how to show initiative and see something that needs to be done and jump in there and do it? Those are all really valuable skills for lots of areas of life. And I think that's one of the things that, one of those adjustments I made to my first ideas about success. It's like, oh, success is more about learning how to think and learning how to learn. If you find out you don't know something, can you figure it out? Can you research? Can you go find resources to help you learn what you missed or what we didn't cover or something new? You know, there's always new technology. And Mm -hmm. that's what I've noticed about the children having that ability to think something through and just jump in and start a business. Um, they pull from all the things that they learned, even if that might not have been their original direction. So let's get into some specifics about uh, things that people can do, actually, that will get their kids poised for the things we were just talking about. Well, that's a good idea. Um Thing. Do you have something off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, I do. Actually, I when I started homeschooling, I concentrated heavily on uh, the three R's, right? Reading right. and writing and arithmetic, because those are the basis of everything else the kids are going to be learning. So if your child is taught to read, you know, then they learn to read, they can read to learn. Mm-hmm. That brings us back to that self-starter. If they have a command of basic math, that's the building blocks that other concepts are going to follow. Um, being able to write, to being able to express yourself in the written word and having good penmanship or at least decent printing, I think those are really important things to do. And again, it doesn't matter what your great ideas were if you can't get them onto paper so other people can have access to them. Uh, so I think that starting and focusing on that, I see a lot of parents with younger elementary school children that are really concerned about things like social studies and community helpers. And I don't know, just a lot of things that they're fun, and but they're not necessary. I think it's really important in the beginning, if you're starting with young kinder, first grade to really work on those very basic skills because mm-hmm. once they have those down, you can add in a lot. But I think you're diluting your efforts if you're too busy running to all kinds of co-ops with really young kids mm-hmm. or you have them involved in three or four extracurricular activities. I don't think that's necessary but because I think when you focus on the basics and you give them a good routine, that really is where your success starts. That is, that's where it starts. And of course, right now, nobody's going anywhere. So you have the time you need to really buckle down and focus on some of those things. Particularly, it's a good time to write letters or emails either way. But that whole process of learning how to get your ideas together, uh, present them in an orderly format, express your to get your idea across to someone else and then communicate with somebody else. It's a good time. For, that takes more time then you know a quick lesson and everybody has time to do that now so you have time to learn how to write a first draft and then polish it and then send it in a completed form and all that's really valuable and really important and it's actually easier to do one-on-one 
with your child than in a, a group of, you know, 20 or more. So um, that's one of those, that's a really good idea to get those kind of things. And then as far as those extra studies, you, those are areas where you can practice your writing skills. You can write a report about something, but it's kind of a nice idea to write that report in the form of a letter to someone telling them about what you've learned. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good way to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. And then once once the children have those skills, once they're good readers, once they are able to write, you know, a, a basic sentence, of course, you're not going to know everything by the time you're in second or third grade. But once you know what a sentence is, and then you be, you can begin to add on to that information. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of children who have no idea what a basic sentence is and they're going to struggle when they go on to try to read or write more complex material. I also remember hearing something and I've used this myself where when you read things to children you want to read them more challenging material um, but when they choose to read for themselves you can let them read things that are on a lower level. Because really what you want them to do is have that feeling of success and they, that they can read something. So, for example, with my son right now, um, he's learning to read. He's seven. And we're seeing the glimmers of recognition. He's saying, oh, I, I had a kiss me I'm Irish shirt on for mm -hmm. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and he read kiss me. And he was so excited. That is exciting. Yes. And he's he's reading words here and there. So the books I'm choosing for him to read during his read aloud time are really basic books. And and frankly, I find it funny that he thinks they're so enjoyable, but he was reading some Dick and Jane books and he was reading some Dr. Seuss books and the stories are really basic and the words were really basic. But when he got done reading them, he felt smart. Well, they he feel accomplished. Yeah, he felt accomplished. And so that made him want to read. Yes. And again, we want to, that's the success uh, snowball, right? Mm -hmm. They feel successful. They want to do more. And then as their skills improve, you can make it, you know, gradually it becomes more rigorous until you're staring at high school graduation. That's true. That's true. And that's a good point about reading out loud things that are slightly above their ability. It exposes them to more complex ideas and a wider vocabulary. And then you have your little people using great big words. You know, I remember my son was playing with his dinosaurs and they were on the precipice. <laughs> That's wonderful. A, a book. <laughs> like, okay, he's listening and he's and he knew what it meant and he could use it in a sentence correctly and and in his play, which it was really funny. Yeah, that so is fun. really fun. It makes you feel and then again, it makes a you success, feel successful. Success, right. Yes. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we don't want to frustrate our students. And it's too many times parents who are very well-meaning, and I was one of these, uh, you know, I want to give them such a great education, such, mm -hmm. a, such a rigorous form of education, expose them to all this stuff, and then I would make them frustrated. Well, that doesn't create success for you in any way, shape, or form. And now you have a reluctant student, and you've got to re-engage them. That's right. And one way to re-engage, if you do that, or when you do that, because I think most everybody tries too hard, or or we overestimate what we can actually get done. And so we, um, one way to reignite that passion is to find something that they're interested in and use that for a, a study. And let them learn all about, I had one son who was fascinated by all of the different insects. And so he began to study the insects and 
you know, telling us about it, which was really narration. He's telling us what he's learned, and he's having to present these new ideas, and he's become quite uh, quite the amateur, what's the word? Etymologist. Entomologist. Entomologist. Yeah, etymology is words. Entomology is bugs. But uh-huh. he's always identifying the random insects that find their way into the house or oh, that wow. we see outside. And then I had another child doing that with cars, learn all about everything there was to know. And so it was a way to reignite some passion. This was, I just took the learning onto that interest and that was the motivation to get us going. And mm-hmm. we kind of did that as a fun thing over a summer and mm-hmm. we put together a scrapbook with the model cars, you know, and writing all about these cars. And I learned a lot about cars from his hobby. Oh, yes. I've learned so many things from my kids that um, I never thought I would know. And I wasn't always interested in learning. But that's the other part, I think, of homeschool success is that as teachers, we also become students and Mm -hmm. we end up with a wider variety of knowledge than we would have had had we not gone down the homeschool path with our kids. It's true. You don't have to know everything to get started on this journey. Not at all. We're going to take a short break to hear about our sponsor. And when we get back, we're going to discuss more about what makes for successful homeschooling. Our podcast is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to create professional transcript from your home. I'll tell you, the transcripts that Transcript Maker allows you to create are so nice looking. And there are different formats you can choose from. So you can do a traditional landscape or a traditional portrait and then they have a modern landscape or a modern portrait format and they look so nice I just love when I see them printed out how gorgeous they look I think it's nice when you can see it's a good snapshot of what you poured your life into for several years to see it all summarized on one piece of paper in an orderly format that anyone can look at and understand what you've been doing in your school. Yeah, and that's one of the nice things about uh, Transcript Maker is that it allows you to create a transcript that looks and uh, and lists things professionally just as a public school transcript would do. So your transcript has information in an orderly format and the, the colleges can look at it or the military, whoever you are providing this transcript to, they can look at it and they can see what your student has learned and what your student has accomplished and then that helps your student again to mm-hmm. be more successful mm-hmm. get, get into the um, the training or the college or whatever that they're looking to get into so um, it's a really great service and it's very affordable there are three different uh, plans available uh, if you only need to make a transcript one time you can just sign up for $14 and you have a one month access if you need more time or you have multiple students that you want to make transcripts for, you can get a three-month plan for $19. It's and then barely anything. It's barely anything, right? And then uh, you can have a yearly plan. Uh, if you're the kind of person that likes to do a little bit as you go along, put a little information in every month, that plan's only $59. So it's year? for the year. For the year. That's like, what, $5 a month? Not quite. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's really affordable for most people, I would think. And they give you a 14-day free trial to test it out before you ever input your credit card information. So I mean, oh, how generous. Huge. A lot of people are leery of putting in your, their information before they know whether or not it's right. what they want. 
Yeah, so you just go to www.transcriptmaker.com and choose the homeschool plan trial and give it a test drive. 14 whole days to test it out. That's, that's really good. Yeah, I think it's really generous. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Alrighty, well, let's get back to our discussion. Absolutely. Why don't we talk some about high schoolers now? We talked a lot about the elementary and the low, younger kids. Let's talk a little bit about what you do in high school for success. Well, because at that point, we're really preparing them to launch into adulthood. Yes, that's, that's the point that I think makes us all wake up at night kind of in a cold <laughs> sweat because it's real now, right? We don't really real yeah when they're younger you go like "Ah, i got 12 years and then ninth grade pops up and all of a sudden it's on and you have got to make the most of that time so i think um for the beginning of it is knowing kind of knowing what the end is going to be what does your child at this point want to do Mm -hmm. do they want to go to college do they want to go into the military are they planning to do a trade and those um choices that they want to do will kind of inform what you're going to do with them. If your child's really, if you can't get them to get their hands out of the car engine, mm-hmm. I think you, and you had a child like you that. You th- They're destined for something with mechanical, that mechanical aspect of life. Right. And so then if you're trying to make them do four years of math, I think you're going to make life hard for you and for that child. So you really need to take a good look at your child and involve them in that discussion, asking them, what what do you see yourself after high school? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And then maybe work with them together to come up with a plan. Now, I didn't work with my kids that hard because they were all really brainy kids. I didn't have anyone who couldn't leave the car alone. Although my, uh, my middle son, he did really get interested in computers. Mm-hmm. And I, I found out just recently he took apart a computer unbeknownst to me. And I was like, what? Yeah. You took so and he and he enjoys working with computers now. And he's basically self taught. But um all my kids were more or less uh academic mm-hmm. and so we just gave them a traditional rigorous course of instruction. Four years, I tried to give them four years of English, um, at least three years of math, three years of science. I tried to expose them to foreign language. They all took Latin. And I felt like those things, along with, you know, social studies, government, economics, things like that, I felt like those things were going to position them to get into college. And that's exactly um, how it worked out. For my middle daughter, she was very into college Mm -hmm. and she went to college right out of high school. And my youngest daughter, did dual enrollment so she was taking college courses while she was in high school and then after she graduated she went to college for about a year so they were they were all ready to go to college if they wanted to and I felt like that that was kind of a marker of success if I enabled them to do what it was they wanted to do what what about for you I totally agree we did a, a basic college prep course of study so that if that was the choice they wanted to make they were prepared so the same thing, high standards, we wanted them to be able to choose college if that's the direction. But we also, for our elective portions of their study, pulled from their aptitude and their interest to prepare them to go into a business if they wanted to. I mean, it was clear to see that 
my son was going to have a, a business on the side working on cars if that wasn't his main his main um, job but then the other children all had different aspects of things that they were a bit like one of my children is all about animals and so she was interested in being a veterinarian she looked into it decided she didn't want to do all the science for that and so she took her interest in a different direction she could have if she had wanted to but she would she realized she would really rather work with animals who were not sick or not having a problem she wanted to be on I guess the fun end of things (laughs) she's a dog groomer and she loves doing that and she also does some animal training so um, we kept that in mind. We've tried to find a balance between all academics. I have a couple who were really academic, and that was the, the bulk of their, you know, transcript at the end. But we also covered other interests with the rest of them. And um, it's been fun to see that they, there's an entrepreneurial aspect to all of for all of them all of them have some little side business like a lot of people do now right some little job on the side from which they can earn some extra money or they can turn and for one child it has morphed into you know a a major source of income in interior design oh yeah that was a surprise I didn't really see coming but there were there were some little um glimmers of that along the way she just had a knack for something so Mm -hmm. if you know your child has an aptitude in an area some natural gifting it makes all kind of sense to see what jobs would grow from that ability it's very interesting to me to see how entrepreneurial homeschool kids are Um, as adults my son that likes computers has a full-time job at a grocery store he fixes computers for people in his spare time Mm -hmm. he repairs uh, cell phones, he repairs game controllers, all kinds of stuff, and he sells them on eBay. That's his sideline. My youngest daughter is a gifted writer, and she's gifted at um, working in sound editing and things like that, and those were things she got interested in. And she has a job uh, also at a grocery store, but she's doing sound editing and she's writing. My uh, middle daughter has bought a, has recently purchased a house And doing all kinds of renovations. And I never knew she was that handy. And it has been amazing to watch. And who knows where that will go. She's got a full-time job as a a banker. Um, Well, she's a branch manager for a bank. And she loves animals. And she had a horse. So it's interesting when you give people time to delve into their interests, what they do with them. And that's another part, I think, of homeschooling success is that we don't fill our kids' time so they have an opportunity to fill it themselves with their interests. Mm-hmm. Because to be truthful, and, and anybody who's um, been put into the position of having your kids at home and teaching them right now, you're starting to realize it doesn't take that much time out of the day. That's so true. in high school, maybe they have four hours of, of studies, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves a whole lot more time in the day for internships or part-time jobs or hobbies. And so that gives them an opportunity to find out what they are interested in doing, which I think helps ultimately to produce better adults. I think so, too. And that whole thing of um, the f- having time, time to pursue your interests. A long time ago, I used to recommend to people to, you know, for gifts, to think about tools for something like if I, I have one child who is very gifted as a baker, loves decorating, cake decorating. So the tools you need to do that kind of a thing were good gifts instead of just junky things and, and 
not that toys are not good we had plenty of toys but to start investing in tools and from a child who's very handy his own toolbox and you know for my daughter who is a seamstress her own sewing machine and her own supplies and so all those things that they take with them when they go mm-hmm. to prepare them for prof- uh, productive ways of spending yes. their time and the other thing I think that we need to um, emphasize as success are giving our kids skills that don't ever show up on their transcript, such as mm. being able to budget, absolutely, being able to shop, knowing how to run a household, how to do your laundry, how to cook some basic meals, how to garden, how to garden, how to repair things, right, to even childcare, uh, right. learning how to take care of children, just the basic things that were always passed down, but sometimes in our modern times have been bypassed because um, I had a friend, my daughter had a friend who played select soccer in high school. She could kick a soccer ball like nobody's business. She had no idea how to use the washing machine. Mm. Now, you're you're not going to kick a soccer ball your whole adult life, I don't think, but you are going to have to wash your clothes pretty much every week. Life skills. Life skills. Everybody needs basic life skills. Yes, life skills. And you know, a long time ago, like I know my grandmother was big on canning. But that didn't really make the, the trends. It wasn't handed down. My mother didn't can because then there were, she just bought canned goods mm-hmm. at the grocery store. And I've seen a revival. Over the last few years, there's a big preparedness movement. And people returning to doing some gardening and learning some basic how to make your own bread and how to can. And I have a good friend that's teaching me as it's a skill I would like to acquire. What to do with all that produce from the garden. You mm-hmm. want to save it and make good use of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, just basic things. How to build how to build a shed. And, you know, I started out letting the boys knock some boards together with nails and hammers and create dog, you know, houses. A little and dog house. In the how beginning, cute. they looked kind of wonky. But um, over time, they did learn how to use a square and how to make them sturdy. And the the whole process of building a good little structure mm-hmm. so you know later on when they build their own deck you just stand back and go wow how, how did you know how to do that it looks awesome right yeah so I think success means a lot of different things and also I think we also have to talk about how you feel as a parent if maybe you've poured all this into your child and they go on as an adult down a path that you really don't find uh that is very helpful. So uh, a lot of people have the erroneous idea that they're going to homeschool their kids and those kids are never going to have any problems and they're going to be, you know, they're never going to fall into any problems. And that's really not true. That's not true. That's not true at all. And um, I have a child who's had, had some problems and, you know, I know that I poured as much into that child as I could, but ultimately once people are adults, they make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And so you, for you yeah. So you, you know, if you're a parent listening to us and you feel a little discouraged because uh, one of your children as an adult has gone down a path that, that you see isn't really helpful, you know, adults have responsibility for their own choices and we just have to, to do the best we can while we have them in our homes and while we're teaching them that we're we're pouring into them what we know is good what people do with that later that's their choice you know Mm -hmm. we have to plant a seed and maybe sometime then the water will come and that seed will 
develop and, and they'll find their way. But um, just don't beat yourself up if you thought that homeschooling was going to solve all your problems and it didn't because humans are humans and they're going to do what they're going to do. Oh, that's so true. Here at the end of the podcast, we like to answer listener questions. Holly, do you have one? We have a question from Georgia today and Georgia wants to know what curriculum do I use? How do I choose curriculum? Oh man, that's a there's a lot, a lot, big answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Uh, there are a lot of really good materials out there that you can use. Uh, we started by looking at what kind of kids we had. Like, did we have uh, really uh, thinkers or did we have doers? And mm-hmm. then I had a lot of hands-on kids, so I chose something that incorporated a lot of hands-on activities and went with some unit studies. What about you? Well, I started with a a box curriculum. I started with a Becca curriculum because I was worried that I wasn't going to cover all the bases. And then I I went into unit studies and I went to Charlotte Mason. But what what I like to tell people is the curriculum you choose, you want to look at your family situation. Do you have a lot of time for planning? Do you have a lot of kids? Do you have a job that you work from home or outside of the home. So if you have a job and you don't have a lot of time for planning, you want something that's very prepared. But if you have a bunch of time at home and you're one of those real creative types, you might want something that requires a little more effort on your part where you're preparing materials. So I kind of I, I tell people to look at that. And then also, what is your budget? Mm-hmm. If you have a very tight budget, then you're going to want to look for curriculum that's pretty much like all-inclusive. Maybe something like, oh, uh, Five in a Row or My Father's World or something where you get a lot for your your initial investment. Or if your budget's really tight, you might want to go with something that's online that's a free one, something that you can kind of build on. So it, what curriculum do I choose is kind of a loaded question. And it's really personal. And also just be aware that if you choose a curriculum and you really think it stinks, get rid of it Find um, else. because somebody else will buy it and think it's great. Right. Or if you really hate it and you think it stinks, but you're stuck with it, there's ways to modify that curriculum. And I think we talked about that a couple episodes ago. I think we did. So um, just about anything will work. It depends on how much time you have to put in it. But I, for people who are just starting out to pick one, I usually recommend they go with something that's already pre-planned, a box curriculum mm-hmm. that's already got your lessons planned, partly because it helps you know how much is enough. A lot of people, we just want to do such a good job. We overwhelm our children with you know, so many activities. Mm-hmm. And a, starting out with a box curriculum shows you the amount of work that a child of that age is generally expected able to, do. to do. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good point. If you want your questions answered, please send them to Beyond Transcripts at transcriptmaker.com. Hopefully, we were successful <laughs> at talking about homeschool success today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Melody. And I'm Holly. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Urbach. Thank you for listening to Beyond Transcripts, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our music is by the great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins.
Alrighty, well, let's get back to our discussion. Melody's <laughs> staring at me like a cow <laughs> looking at a new gate. Oh, I had a real blank moment there. 